You're listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast, where we discuss current events, social issues, religious trends, and noteworthy news from a biblical perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for tuning in to the newest episode of the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Soker. This episode is being released on February 2nd, 2023. And this week I'm joined by Christopher Gardana, who will be talking about the future of religion in America. According to a recent study by the Pew Research Center, those who profess to be Christians may be in the minority in the U.S. in 50 years. I talked about this a few months ago in an episode, but this week I have Christopher here with me so we can discuss the challenges and potential opportunities that Christians could encounter in the future if these projections become a reality. For links to the story we're talking about, as well as other related materials, check out the show notes for this episode at plainbibleteaching.com slash podcast slash 020223. Now for our story this week. The Future of Religion in America From Pew Research Since the 1990s, large numbers of Americans have left Christianity to join the growing ranks of U.S. adults who describe their religious identity as atheist, agnostic, or nothing in particular. This accelerating trend is reshaping the U.S. religious landscape, leading many people to wonder what the future of religion in America might look like. What if Christians keep leaving religion at the same rate observed in recent years? What if the pace of religious switching continues to accelerate? What if switching were to stop, but other demographic trends, such as migration, births, and deaths, were to continue at current rates? To help answer such questions, Pew Research Center has modeled several hypothetical scenarios describing how the U.S. religious landscape might change over the next half century. The center estimates that in 2020, about 64% of Americans, including children, were Christian. People who are religiously unaffiliated, sometimes called religious nuns, accounted for 30% of the U.S. population. Adherence to all other religions, including Jews, Muslims, Hindus, and Buddhists, totaled about 6%. Depending on whether religious switching continues at recent rates, speeds up, or stops entirely, the projections show Christians of all ages shrinking from 64% to between a little more than half, 54%, and just above one-third, 35% of all Americans by 2070. Over that same period, nuns would rise from the current 30% to somewhere between 34% and 52% of the U.S. population. Now, in that article, there's a chart that I'll include in the show notes for this episode that helps visualize the trends that we just read about in that excerpt. And it shows four projections. The percentage of Christians in the U.S., if the number leaving so-called Christianity continues steadily, or if it increases, or if it increases rapidly, or if there is no switching at all between 2020 and 2027. And with the numbers continuing steadily, the number of professed Christians falls to 46% of the U.S. population. And if the rate increases, obviously that number is going to go down. Of course, these numbers are projections, and we can't be sure exactly what's going to happen in the future, but they do represent real trends that are going on in the society around us. So we want to talk about that for a few minutes here today. So Christopher, I'll pose this first question to you. Assuming these trends continue, how might society look differently in 50 years than it does today? Or 
in other words, as we think about the direction this is going, how do people's religion or lack of religion affect the world around them and the world that we live in? Well, what I was considering is uh, when what we're really talking about is going from a high trust society uh, where I would include moral, morally honest or accountable to God, those who have, fear God, to a low trust or no accountability society. And that's what we're seeing. Um, and it was something that just came in my mind when you read that, uh, how might society look in 50 years than it does today? Uh, go back 50 years. How has it changed? Yeah, there's a lot, a lot that has changed in the last 50 years. And we look ahead and you think of, and it almost feels like it's accelerating, like it's getting even, even faster as far as the direction that it's going. And so I think that's why when they did the projections, they did it the way that they did, where they anticipated the possibility, at least, that it could increase even further than the rates that it was before. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and thinking back, you know, some of those folks that I've known that are in their 80s and 90s, uh, you know, they refer back to high school and they, you know, I remember a good, good brother, uh, Billy, who told me that he used to bring his rifle with him to school and put it in the locker because he and his buddies were all going to go hunting after school. And I just thought that's just mind blowing that that was even that you would bring your rifle to school, put it in your locker because you're going hunting afterwards. And nobody thought about it because that's just the society they were in. Right. I didn't grow up in that society. Uh, I even think about the old pickup trucks you see in the seventies and the sixties that had a, a, a gun rack, you know, on the back window behind the bench seat, you know, and even that's unfathomable. You know, you wouldn't do that today. And and you have to ask yourself, well, why? You know, these are all unthinkable things today. Yeah. And uh, you're talking about that with, you know, with the way things were different. And I've heard those same stories about people who, you know, they say, well, it used to be, you know, people would bring their guns to school or, bring, you know, in the back of the pickup or whatever. And it was mm -hmm. no one ever thought anything of it. And And I was thinking about, and I don't know where you were when this happened, but you think back to the Columbine school shooting back in 99. And I don't know when you graduated. I graduated in 99. 98. So, 99. okay. Yeah. I graduated in 98. So it was a year before. And I remember my senior year in high school that I was having in one of our classes, we had some free time and, and me and a couple other people were having a discussion with this, this other girl in the class who was a Jehovah's witness. And one of the things that about the Jehovah's Witnesses if they don't believe in that hell is that hell exists. And I was we were talking about that and, and going back and forth. And I may, remember making the comment then that may, and where I said that, well, if hell doesn't exist, what's to stop me from coming in tomorrow with a gun and shooting everyone and then shooting myself? And you know, what would stop me from doing that? And of course, no one really thought anything of it then, but if that was just the next year, because the sure. Columbine was really the first one of those, you know, school shootings that got all this publicity. And then there were ones that, that were after that, that, so we were right at the, you know, at the end of you know, that period where that was before we really heard of all these school shootings, but that's another symptom of this, that, that you have this as a real possibility in schools now where, where kids are having to go through these drills where they have to kind of you know, be trained or learn how to defend themselves or protect themselves and, and all of that. And, and it's, 
yeah, you see how far things have gone in the last 20 years, in the last 50 years. And as this study projects 50 years in the future, I mean, there's no telling how far this could go beyond where we are just now, that there, mm -hmm. there could be any number of things that could happen in the future. Yeah, I was remembering that uh, when computers first came out, this of course shows my age, but when I was in elementary school, uh, we got to use the computers in the library and they had Wolfenstein and Doom on there. The original 8-bit, you know, pixelated, you know, lore, you know, and it was on the school computers. You know, you can go in there and learn how to shoot all kinds of machine guns and kill all kinds of zombies. And and that was in the school library. Yeah. We didn't have anything like that. We had Oregon Trail. That was the game oh, we wow. had to play in school. Where on the world is Carmen San Diego? And yeah, all that. Yeah, all those good games like that. But yeah, you have you know with the way things have gone now that those things are unthinkable. That that you can't even you know bring bring those things in because of the way that our society has has gone. And you know the the whole thing with the. Uh, with all of this reminded me of this passage in Romans chapter one, because you think how, you know, why is our society in the state that's in that with the, you know, that it's more dangerous than it was that there's immorality that has grown sin that has, that has increased. But it reminded me of Romans chapter one, beginning verse 21, where he says, for even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they came, became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and forfeited animals and crawling creatures. Therefore, God gave them over in the lusts of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So here Paul has been talking about in that context how God has shown in his creation everything that we need to to understand and to realize the fact that he is there that god exists but paul is describing the nations how they had forgotten all that and rejected all of that and so they continue down this path he goes and talks about about the practicing and homosexuality and that sort of thing in verse 28 it says that that they did not see fit to acknowledge god any longer that god gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper and then from there he talks about a host of other sins that they were engaged in but all of this came from they forgot god so it goes back to what what you said about how people are do not realize that they're accountable to god that they forget god so they progress into sin and it leads to them having this depraved mind that produces some of these things that that we've started seeing over the last 20, 25 years or so, where our society has moved that far now. And then, you know, again, who knows in 50 years what it's going to look like. Right. So from a more God-fearing society to one ruled just by our own personal whims, and if there is no God and there is no ultimate, you know, heaven or hell, then, you know, if I choose to end my life by destroying a lot of other lives in the process and it gives me pleasure to do so, then that's what you're seeing today in mm -hmm. so many ways. Right. Uh, that's when people get to get conditioned to think that there there is no God. Therefore, they have not been created in the image of God and those around them have not been created in the image of God. Then, you know, 
their life and the lives of others are just not valuable. And, right. and it, it begets the point where they simply just live for whatever's pleasurable for them in the moment, whatever that, whatever they desire. And, and there's no hope for anything beyond that. So this is where our, our society is, is kind of at right now. And we kind of can see the direction that it's going. But as we look ahead to this, uh, this idea of what was said in that article and the excerpt that we read, and, and again, of the chart that will be showed in the, in the show notes that has the, has a visual representation of those projections that the, the Pew Research Center put out. We think about those who those who profess to be Christians, and that number is shrinking. And if that continues, we think about what the world is going to look like. We've talked about it being more dangerous. We talked about a little bit about it being more sinful and all of this. But as far as the challenges that that come that will come for those who are in the church in that in that type of environment, one of the things that that I thought of on on that point, as far as the difficulties that could be there, is that there could be more persecution against Christians because you do have people who are more ungodly and reject the idea of truth and reject the idea that there that there is a standard to live by. And when you have a group like a group of Christians who are saying that no, there is a standard of right or wrong, there is truth, we are going to be accountable to God. And there are a lot of people who aren't going to appreciate that. And Paul warned Timothy about this over in 2 Timothy chapter 3, in verse 1. He said, but realize this, the last days difficult times will come. And then he describes the character of these individuals. They'll be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant. He goes on and on and talks about, in a lot of ways, what we're seeing now. That Timothy was going to experience this. We are seeing this now in the character that they're in. And he goes on and says in verse 12, Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, but evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So this is one thing that that I could see as a potential challenge in the future for, for Christians living in this world that it's going to get worse. And not only just in general, like kind of we've seen now, but I think we're starting to see the beginnings of this a little bit where there's more of a targeting against those who are religious, particularly those who are Christians. And that's something that we are going to have to, I believe, prepare for as we move into the future. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, and he's acknowledging that there in 2 Timothy chapter 3 there. He says, realize this, that difficult times will come. And so yeah. we shouldn't be surprised and we shouldn't feel like somehow uh, we should be you know, exempt from that. If those in the first century and beyond had to deal with it, then who who are we to think that we're gonna, you know, escape, you know? And and he basically says that all, not just those in the first century, but all who desire to, as you said there in verse twelve, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, and evil says my eyes aren't working. Evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, and we, and you know, we can see examples of that in our society, just like I'm sure our grandparents saw in theirs, and and how many generations before have seen that same kind of digression and and you know under the name of progress, whatever title you want to give it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so that's one of the things that that I think is going to going to be a challenge 
moving forward in the future. Did you have something on something else on that point as far well, as potential I do, difficulties? I do appreciate some of the other uh, things in our notes that we were writing there that there's this tendency then to become lukewarm. You know, I think with that persecution, there are going to be many people who they're just not, I mean, they just want to be comfortable. You know, they just, they're, they're kind of like uh, on uh, the matrix, you know, the cyber that he just wants to be plugged back in. I want, I know the steak doesn't taste, it's not real, but I'd rather eat this steak knowing it's, it's just pixels than, than to actually deal with the reality of, of the world around us. And I believe there are many people that are just going to recede into their own little world and they may still wear the name on their Facebook page, but as far as actually living the life of a Christian and enduring persecution, they're not, they're not going to have the stomach for it and their love will grow cold. Uh, I, in Matthew chapter 24, it was a good verse that you mentioned um, in, in our notes, uh, Matthew 24 verse nine, where he says that, you know, they're going to deliver you to tribulation. They will kill you. You will be hated by all nations because of my name. And it says that at that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Uh, and it says in verse 12, because lawlessness is increased, uh, most people's love will grow cold. That That's, those are some somber words. Right. And we know there in that passage, obviously Jesus is talking about, you know, the events leading up to sure. destruction of Jerusalem, but... It's these are the types of things that happen anytime there is is those sort upheaval, of difficulties that come upheaval, uh, right. changes in society, uh, war, pestilence, you name it. Um, we've seen a lot of things through the last couple of years that really opened my eyes as far as people's willingness to just lay down and play dead, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, and what what he said there, there in verse 12, where he said that because lawlessness is increased, that mm -hmm. you know, people's love or they're going to grow cold. that because and and that's what we're seeing with sin increasing all around us and less people who are you know we could you know get into a whole other thing about you know the Pew Research Center's definition of a Christian or the New Testament Center def, or New Testament definition of a Christian but even besides that you have people who profess to be to be Christians generally are moral people are trying to you know for the most part do what do what you know, is generally good for themselves and good for others and, and, and not be a harm to other people. But sure. as you have less people who are claiming to be Christians, then lawlessness is going to increase. And that's just going to be a, a discouragement to those who are trying to do what's right. And I think that's why Jesus said there that the love of many is going to grow curl. That's going to lead them to to kind of wane in their love for God, for love for their right. truth, for their brethren, for the people around them. All of that is going to kind of, you know, fade away because of the influence of the world around them. Right. There's that tendency uh, to conform to the world, you know, um, Romans 12, 2, you know, and we're told not to conform to this world, but be transformed by the new and over minds. And so again, why did Paul need to say that? Well, because there is that, the desire to fit in, to, you know, go along, get along, not rock the boat. If everybody's doing it, I'm I'm not going to be the one that, uh, you know, puts up any resistance because I, I don't want to be the one that, you know, causes the friction and then they're going to come down on me. Um, yeah. And I, I don't think we need to be setting out to destroy ourselves and be masochistic, but, but uh, if we're going to have conviction, then we can't compromise on 
what we're supposed to be doing as Christians and and in the society we're in right now where it's not enough to just be left alone. There are those that are out there promoting evil and expecting you and, and compelling you to agree with their behavior. You know, they're almost evangelizing for their their set of beliefs, which are completely contrary to the word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't conform. You've right. got to be willing to say, I'm going to stand, you know, let God be found true, though every man a liar. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so we have these these difficulties that that we can't anticipate because we have warnings in scripture. We see what's going on around us. We know that there are going to be difficulties that we're going to have to face, that there are going to be the temptation to kind of fall away from what we ought to be doing, not stand up for our convictions, potential of persecution, all of that. But one of the things that I wanted to to for us to consider is if this goes the way that it's projected to go, is there in any way a silver lining to this? That would there possibly be some unexpected benefits or maybe some opportunities that might come up in the realm of evangelism or discipleship or anything like that 50 years down the road? So what do you think about about that idea? Is there some potential silver lining to this? Sure, I think there is. Um, you know, the Pew Research, they had defined it as adults who identify as Christian. And you kind of mentioned earlier the the vague almost it's a vague definition because it, it includes a lot of people of all kinds of different backgrounds who have some affinity to New Testament, you know, teaching. Um, and but I believe there's gonna be many that continue to defect because uh, you know, in many quote mainstream denominations. Uh, you know, they do not hide their antagonism towards the Bible and, and its truths, you know. Uh, in fact, they're distancing themselves from many of the biblical teachings. Uh, some of your previous podcasts have pointed out that there are some scriptures which are not, uh, you know, acceptable for public discourse anymore because they they touch on certain subjects which are, you know, their their pet project. And, and I think there's going to be a lot of honest hearts who maybe leaving those faiths, quote unquote, because they see the obvious contradictions. And that may be our silver lining. And maybe that, you know, maybe we can say, well, look, yeah, it is a contradiction. And here's why. And this is what the word of God actually says. And maybe there are different standards for finding a faithful congregation than just for for five generations we've been this denomination or that denomination or or they have the the best rock band that i've ever heard you know in my local community maybe we can show them you know there's something true about the word of god and and you're right to see those obvious contradictions yeah we there's the potential there that if there are a decreasing number of you know those who claim to be christians there could be a potential that in trying to teach others, we don't have to deal with the denominational baggage or or the background that they have, or as you said, that it's that's still there, but they see some of the problems and they're willing to to kind of move out of that and and consider something else and look at the word of God again. So that's that's a potential, you know, silver lining that's there. Another mm-hmm. thing to think about with this that Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 16, how we are to let our light shine before men. And as the world around us gets darker, then if we are letting our light shine, that's going to, that light's going to be brighter. And we are going to stand out more, which 
could make us more of a target. We talked about difficulties and persecution, but it also could mean that we have more of an influence with those that we come in contact with, because as the world moves away from God, we're going to see more difficulties, and not just for Christians, but for everybody. Mm-hmm. And people are going to be looking for something else. At least some of them are going to be looking for something else. And if we stand out and we're that light, or as he described us as the city that's set on a hill, mm-hmm. they're going to see that. And hopefully we might have a chance to lead others to the truth because they see us standing up when they're not seeing other ones doing that either. Yeah, absolutely. So as we wrap wrap this up and bring everything to a close, we see our society becoming less religious, more worldly, more ungodly, and the world that the church is going to find itself in in the future, 50 years from now, is different from today, just as right now is a lot different than it was 50 years ago. But no matter what happens, we need to make sure that we remain faithful to the Lord, no matter what the challenges are, no matter what hardships we have to face, whatever persecution could arise in the future. We need to endure all those things while continuing to let our light shine and lead others to the truth. Christopher, do you have anything else you want to add before we close today? Well, I just want us to be, I just want us to be positive and realize that even though it may be a little depressing to consider, you know, uh, Christians diminishing in our society or being a less percentage, uh, you know, Paul spoke of these times and in Second Timothy chapter four, he said to, you know, regardless, we're to preach the word. Second Timothy four two through four, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. So he was he was you know showing us that there were going to be times where it's going to be out of season. And yet we still have a responsibility um, because he even said there's going to be times that come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled. They will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. You see that a lot today. So it was true in Paul's time. It's going to be true in our time. And so Paul says, preach the word. And that's where we'll close today. We'll end it. Appreciate the discussion and hope All of us are encouraged, no matter what happens, to continue to preach the word, continue to stand for the truth, let our light shine, and hopefully, as we do that, try to lead others to the truth. Amen. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. I hope you found it to be interesting, informative, and helpful. For links to the story we talked about, as well as other related materials, Visit the show notes for this episode at plainbibleteaching.com slash podcast slash 020223. If you have a moment to rate and review the podcast or share it with others that you think would be interested, that is always appreciated. And if you're listening to this, remember that we are also uploading video versions to the Plain Bible Teaching YouTube channel. So if you prefer video to audio, then that option is available to you. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please like this video and subscribe to the channel and you can see other videos as they're posted. And if you see a news story that you think would make for a good discussion, please email that link to me at andy at plainbibleteaching.com. Thanks again for listening and I hope to talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Plain Bible Teaching Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. Also, be sure to sign up for the Plain Bible Teaching Weekly Newsletter. This free newsletter will be delivered to your inbox each Friday with articles, 
podcasts, videos, sermon outlines, and more. Visit plainbibleteaching.com to subscribe today.